It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? Yep, we're back. Life on Life's Terms podcast. And I'm Tom Robinson, a grateful recovering addict. And like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program, so they're not responsible for what we say or do. Uh, but we do love them. We have benefited from them. I, uh, we endorse them. Yes, they just don't endorse us. That's it. <laughs> they don't endorse anybody. Um, yeah, what we do here is we share our experience, strength, and hope and our opinions and what's worked for us. Um, uh, my name is Chris Mandeville. I am a recovered heroin addict. Yes, you um, are. You can subscribe to our uh, audio podcast at lolterms.com. Uh, we are available on yes, please several platforms. Yep. Um, we also stream on YouTube. Yeah, although, you although barely anybody watches YouTube. Yeah, it's cool. But um, it's free. Yeah, it's free. It's good. Uh, we. You know, we do this for free and for fun, and yep. hopefully it's not like that forever. It'd be nice. Um, be able to reach more, do more. We, so, it, it, like, we started this to kind of make it available for people to watch and listen to meetings that couldn't get to them. And yeah. we had no idea that, <laughs> you know, what would take place and that people wouldn't be able to go to meetings at all. Right, and hopefully people listen to some audio podcasts and it yeah. helps people. Though we tried the Zoom thing, it really didn't work for us. We're not, yeah, we're not too tech savvy, so it was kind of hard to get the guest. Um, you know, it was just like it, just a Zoom room, and it was completely different. Right, and, and no, then nobody showed up. And, yeah, you know, yeah. So just we're uh, here now. Um, yeah, so we're social distancing. Like I said, uh, lolterms.com. Um, like, subscribe, share, share this video. Yes, please. Um, so tonight our guest is Tina. Um, I met Tina in Situate, and um, probably at uh, SSPR or one of Lynn's meetings. Real quick, we're at uh, a new oh, way yes. recovery. We're at Center a new way in Yay. Quincy. In Quincy, um, they are gracious enough to let us come here and, and still bring you this podcast um, as long as we maintain social distancing and all that. Uh, That's right. They. They pretty much come here and open up for us, so we're very grateful to them. Um, I forgot to tag them in the post once again, um, but yeah, they're they're very helpful to this. We've been doing this for over two years here, so um, so we're gonna let Tina share her experience, strength, and hope with us. And thanks for coming, Tina. You know, we'll, it. Thanks for having yes, me. Yes, we will. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll let Tina take over. Oh goodness, gravy! Hi, so I'm Tina. Um, I'm an alcoholic and uh, actually I should say a grateful alcoholic in recovery, Mm -hmm. which always sounded like the weirdest thing to me when people would say I'm a grateful recovering addict or alcoholic or I I thought. Sounded like BS to me. Yeah. yeah. What are you grateful for (laughs) that? I'm like, what? And I really thought that people were like either delusional or just, you know, trying to sell something. Um, So, yeah, but so much of um, my life now I, it is filled with gratitude because of what I learned in t- in the 12 steps. Oh my God. Um, it's crazy. Like it's, if you had told, so this year was my fifth year yes, of recovery. Yes, congratulations five years. Five nice. years, August 10th. And um, I, if you had said to me six years ago when I first um, started coming around to the recovery halls, if you had told me that I would be this filled with uh, gratitude and love and have this life that is unbelievable to me I would have said you were crazy right um I didn't think it was possible and the funniest part of the whole thing is that if you look at the outside nothing in my life looks as if it's any different I have the same house the same husband the same kids the same job Mm. everything looks the same but it was the it's the inside. I needed it's to, an inside job. Yeah, yeah. I needed to, and, and that's the thing. Like we can we can maintain all the outside stuff. Some of us, yeah. You Some know, of us. <laughs> not personally I did for, for like a second. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know, 
ended up freaking homeless eating out of dumpsters but yeah. whatever um yeah. like there's there's no less of a there's no difference in between how we felt or yeah. what we were doing but that's right we can we can fool everybody with Some, the outside uh, yeah. yeah yeah for I, lengths of time anyway. yeah yeah, I was fooling myself too. Yeah, right, I mean, right. the, mm. the biggest lies I told were to myself, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was—it's crazy. So I—I um, I started drinking really young, but I—I um, I, I grew up in chaos, and it was so beyond dysfunctional. And I thought, you know, that's that's just how my life is going to be because it's all I knew was this dysfunction and this, I just grew up so fearful and so just so disconnected from, from myself. And there was always this internal struggle with my identity and who I was and who I was supposed to be. And I can relate. Yeah. It's so scary when you, you don't know and you try and, you know, so I literally was just existing, going yeah. through the motions. Either either that or you were given an identity yeah. by your parents. Like, yeah. you're going to play soccer. You're going to do this. You're going to yeah. do that. You know. Oh, no. I was literally told that you're never going to be anything. Like, literally. Yeah. It, was, it was bad. Yeah. That's, and I, that's and I grew really hard. Yeah. fearing for my life. And, um, mm. you know, just rampant, raw abuse. And um, I could see you know that that it wasn't normal because i had friends who grew up in houses right, right. that were literally one of them actually took us in when we were um running from my dad they took us and we went and lived with them for a while and um it was this illusion of safety even though you know we knew we couldn't maintain that that's right. not normal and um a little, so, a little closer with the mic, if you could. Oh, sorry. No, no problem. <laughs> so, it uh, feels like awkward. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's just my name. I'm just awkward. So, um, yeah, so we just, I have two sisters, and we just grew up really screwed up. And um, my father was a just a raging alcoholic. And so, you know, he was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He would mm. be like, oh, you know, this loving, like, he he was going through like the motions of pretending to be this loving kind father but behind closed doors oh um, yeah it was hideous like i can't i watched my sister go through therapy and have a nervous breakdown and i was like no i'm just gonna keep drinking so um yeah my love affair started with drinking probably when i was like I want to say I was like 12 or 13. I can't even. Yeah, <laughs> you know, seriously. That's common. My that's, mom, that's the age. My right parents there. used to make these giant pitchers of um, apricot sours. And I don't even know what was in them. But it was I enough that, that is, yeah, the yeah. minute I drank it, it felt warm. And I felt this like ease. So I was like, oh. I want more of that. So I was sneaking alcohol from my parents' liquor cabinet and like making these concoctions of. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Of, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what, a, like rot gut, literally. I didn't even care what it tasted whatever, yeah, like. Yeah, whatever was, you could pour in there. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a swamp, swamp. So there's some kind of name for that back in the day oh, when I was, was a kid. Bad. Oh. I don't even know. Cuckoo juice, I think yeah, right. to call it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I remember drinking before. Um, going to school and I didn't tell anybody like it wasn't like it was to be like this rebel or to fit it was just to feel comfortable in my own skin Mm -hmm. and um it was the oldest of the three girls so I tried to be like the overachiever and I tried to do really well in school and you know I thought I'd feel better and nothing ever made me feel connected or better yeah I had um I had a couple of friends, though, who had, you know, they were sweet and they just had this thing, you know, they knew that how I was growing up was really screwed up. Yeah. But we didn't really talk about it, but they knew and I knew that they were a safe place to go. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was just crazy. You know, my house was so my father had this plaque up on the wall and it literally said, screw unto others before they screw unto you. And oh, so this is wow. how, yeah, this is how we grew up that, uh, yeah. you know what, you, nothing is, un- love is not, uh, it always comes with a condition. Yes. And for yeah. me, yeah, it was so twisted, right? Yeah. And my mom was so, my mom had been um, really abused as, a, both my parents were abused as children, which I've 
come to um, realize, you know, in therapy and in 12-stepping that, you know, hurt people hurt people. Right. And, yep. and they did what they knew. Yeah. That's right. Yep. It's, it, it, you know, like, like, there's so much more awareness around that yeah. now. And now, whether they, they did anything to you or not, <clears throat> you know, I believe and I've heard that those traumas they suffered were transformed, yep. transpired yep. to you. That's right. And Whether everybody you suffered them or not. Everybody yeah. does the best they can with what they know. Exactly. And, and like exactly. my I, my dad was the same way. He um he told me later in life when I was like in my 30s, or late 30s or something, mm. he said, "I wouldn't love you unless you gave me respect." And that was a weapon. So it was yeah. a it came with a condition. Yeah. You yeah. know, he and his idea of respect was following the line and you know being yep. doing everything i said to the letter and that's a condition you know yeah. and and kids sh- deserve and need unconditional yeah. love right you right. know that's important yeah. i feel yeah it's so hard though when you don't you don't know what that feels like or looks like and that's when right. you when you start to when i had my own children I did feel that, but I didn't trust it. I didn't trust that Yuck. I could give that mm. prop, that I could give them what they needed. Yeah. So there was this tug of war always, mm. always within me um, because I knew that I knew that in my head, I said, I will never be enough. I can't be enough. But in my heart, I felt differently. I knew that I knew love, even though I had never seen it. So it was, it was weird for me. And I, I didn't, understand it all until recovery started to happen for me yeah so and, and, and then you wow. come in here and you're like this this something up with these people yeah yeah <laughs> i was like oh this is i literally thought it was the cult yeah like, some, what someone's being these? nice to you and you're like all right what the fuck do you want yep uh, where, where yeah. are you going with this i literally yeah, yeah. i was so afraid that i was just gonna get hurt yeah again and again yeah, yeah. and again and i had to and it, I, and it sucks to live that way mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I, and luckily, there's ways to work through all that stuff, yeah. and, and you can have... Oh, you don't know until you know, and then yeah. when you know, you're like, oh, all this time. Yeah, right. But I'm so grateful that, you know, I have the gift now, and mm-hmm. my hope is, even though I'm, like, terrified to be here today, my hope is always that, you know, if I can reach just one person and who connects the, with that feeling, and right. they say, oh... Well, she felt that way, and she's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm more than okay. Like yes. I have this life that I used to hear this expression, a life second to none. Right. And yep. I didn't. I didn't know what it meant. I'm like, what does that mean? Is that like gibberish? But when you get it, it's my life is so incredible. And it's like I said before, it's that life I had it all. Right. I just couldn't. I couldn't see it because I was so just broken. And and, and mm. you know. You're saying it's incredible, but but it's still life. Yeah. Shit still happens, but you're okay. Absolutely. You know? And that's yeah. the thing, I think, being able to ride. Like, because, you know, it's a wave. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's a circle. Like, the shit that you try and avoid, it always comes back. Yes. You know, until, yes. you, until you really, like... The, the, soften oh, the it, emotions? Soften it. You mean the emotions you try to avoid? Is that what you're saying? Or just, Everything. I yeah. think emotions, situations, like the all The universe will present the same problem to you until you figure over it out. Over and over. Until yep. you mm. do it. Yep. You know, you you try and push it off to the side. It's going to... Yeah. It's going to make its way back. Or I try to attack it. Like with my mom, I was like, why didn't you protect me? Why didn't you protect? I was so angry at her. And our relationship was so broken. I said, you did this. And it wasn't until, you know, and I I never got the response I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, she's like, I don't know why you're so screwed up. I don't know why. And I'm like, is it any coincidence that all three of us are screwed up? I don't think so. But, you know, it wasn't until I I learned, um, and it was through the... um, the fourth step looking at your resentments mm-hmm. and really digging into um my part and people have a hard time with that and i know i did it first i'm like i did not have any part in that abuse but what i had a part in was as being an adult and not taking responsibility for the ways i screwed up my life right and i could continue to be a victim and say well this happened to me and that or i could i could stop that pattern i can yes. break that line and make a new life for myself and my children mm-hmm. and this is where the trauma stops yes and you you right. can be who you needed yeah. beautiful for your kids excellent yeah. you know and and you can be 
who you needed for yourself. Yeah. Right. Right. In other words, you need to. You need to. You know, we all need. I don't mean you. I mean everybody. Yeah. Everybody needs to uh, to look back on the memories and just love yourself yeah. during those times because you were you were a child. You were a developing person, and you were doing the best you could. And uh, you know, because I mean, I can look back on a lot of my stuff and hate myself yeah. for oh, yeah. being foolish and hate myself for this. It's not. That's not where it's at. You yeah. know, that's not. Everything the, happens exactly the way it's supposed to. It's not, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and even even if we, you know, we're headed in one direction and we, you know, do something to change the course, someone's already thought of that as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. most of the time we end up where we're where we're supposed to be. Yep. Um, and it, it's it's crazy. Like to to come into recovery and you know realize that we can do anything we want mm-hmm. to do you know within reason yeah i mean i'm not going to be accepted by an mea team you know what i mean but yeah right 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 <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna grow a foot and a half and, and, <laughs> and learn dunk how to, on, yeah learn how to dunk on, you know but well that's the other <laughs> gift recovery gives you though is um you know to check your expectations you know yeah yeah, to really, know yourself. Like, just stay on the beam and and be in reality. You know, like right. just because I want something doesn't mean that I can get it or that it's good for me. I learned. Yeah. I love this expression. Um, life's life's rejection is God's protection. Yes, and I yes. I see that because when I first came into recovery, I wanted to get rid of the husband. I wanted to get rid of the job. I wanted to get away from the kids for a while. And I and you know I didn't. I didn't know how to do that. And I was like, oh, why is this happening? And it happened because I needed to fix me. And then I realized that all mm. of those other things weren't broken. It was it was mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So now, yeah. did you end up having to go into a treatment center? Or? Well, what happened was I am. Um, or had, had there been any tries like, prior to children, prior to marriage? No, I actually literally just thought, I thought that the alcohol was, the alcohol was helping me live this lie and mm. maintain this lie that, you know, I was it's okay. A coping mechanism. Yes. Yeah. And I literally thought, you know, I, I just tried to maintain it. I always hid how much I drank and how I drank. And it was always very secretive. And because huh. I knew that if alcoholics so- don't do that, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I knew I was That's an alcoholic. I just, I didn't think there was any way for me not to be. I thought that's mm, right. how it was going to be. My dad died at 46 of a massive heart attack, and I was pregnant with my son at the time. And, mm. and I thought, oh my God, you know, I, he was alone and I didn't I I didn't want to be like that and ultimately that's I that's what I became was this miserable my heart was a mess I almost made that a self-fulfilling prophecy right like right, I said right. oh this I is don't want to die that way but you were making you I did yeah. I was literally destroying myself but mm. um yeah it was it was these these circumstances instead of events that sort of happened I went um I moved out of my house really young. I was like 17 and mm. I moved all, I was like a gypsy. I moved all over the place. And, and then at 20, I met, um, I met who's now my husband at Wallston beach down the street. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was cruising for cute boys and I found one and I was like, Oh, he's cute. And, um, <laughs> he was like everything my father wasn't, which was weird because I've seen my sisters like go after the same pattern of right. like oh, yeah, abusive yeah. men and mm-hmm. i'm like you yeah, know i just he mm. was quiet and calm and sweet and so we were together and and then um we we were together for six years before i got pregnant and then i had a baby and um you know he had he'd always commented on my drinking like whoa we should slow it down take it easy but you know i i always tried to normalize it and i'd be like you know i'm under, i'm stressed or you know i have so many justifications Justi- for yeah, drinking rationaliz- that, rationalization you know, justification and i was a good liar you know i cuz i believed it i was like oh you oh, know yeah. if you had my life you'd drink too yeah, yeah that's, that's the crazy, key that's crazy the key things, to, to the, you know? being the best liar is to believe it yourself yeah mm-hmm. so um <laughs> when i found out i was pregnant i i stopped drinking and then I nursed my son. I went back to work. And so I was doing all these things. And I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't that bad. I can, I'll, I'll just have some wine, you know, to take mm. the edge off. And 
and then the next thing you know, they say the progression of the disease. I was back within no time. Yep. You're trying you to know. take the edge off. You ended totally round. You oh, just, yeah. <laughs> no edges so at all. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh. But you were, I'm sure that you were thinking and, and believed, I'm just going to have a little bit of wine. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I'll just drink like, once in a while. I'm like, all the mamas do it. Yeah. Hey, they literally make a, ma- a wine called Mommy's Time Out. I'm like, uh, you know? <laughs> but, so devious. Yeah. But it's yeah. for non-alcoholic mommies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know? Hey, you know how many times I said I was just going to have uh, beers and appetizer and went to a place by myself, and that's how I relapsed? I mean, I'm a heroin addict. Yeah. So it's even trickier. Yeah. And that's how I know I can't do anything. Because right. I've done it, been there, done yeah, it. You way go for too beers and appetizers, and you're sitting in the bathroom shooting heroin in yeah. your arm. Yeah, yeah, a week later, <laughs> an Fuck. hour later. Yeah, how did I get here? You know. Yep, that's what yeah, happens. It's, it's the it's that whole cunning, baffling addiction is is just mm. this evil monster that convinces you that you need that substance to to survive. I literally it will, it will sneak in anywhere every it can. time. <clears throat> So then, you know, I, I I have this push pull. I rein it in, and then I then I then I can't. And then um, a couple years mm. later, we have another child. Same thing. I'm like, all right, I'm def. This time, I'm not drinking. I'm not doing it. And then, you know, a year after nursing, I'm like, I feel great. I'm home. I'm home with my son now. I don't have to go back to work. And and then I got depressed. I'm like, oh, the thing I thought I wanted that would make me happy, being home and being a stay-at-home mom, mm. I felt sheltered and alone and and insecure and all of those insecurities from my childhood. I'm like, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. Yeah. And I start drinking again. Right. And then um, this whole time, my husband and I weren't even married yet. I'm like, you're not going to marry me because you don't love me. And, and I, you know, I was always waiting for him to leave. And part of me was pushing him away because so I thought... So you could drink the way you wanted to. It, yeah. Mm. And because I thought he was going to anyway. So I thought if I... You know, if I control this the situation, yeah. then if I make it happen, then it's not that bad. Yeah, then I was I'd but be ready you didn't for want it. it. No, that's you, what you this expected whole thing it. You crazy. didn't want it, but you were making it happen. Yeah, that's I know like, insanity. Yeah, that's insanity. alcoholic thinking. Yeah. Like, yeah, so not we, realizing how screwed up we are. Yeah, so finally, you know, rain things in again, and I get some illusion of control. And so we get married, and I think, okay, I'll be happy. And then um, our little family is now too small for our house, so we start looking for a house, and um, we find a house totally. I was talking about this earlier, and I'm like, it's totally funny how, like, when you realize, when you look back, how God was in your life. And um, Mm. so we're looking for a house, and he grew up in Quincy, and I grew up in Weymouth, and I'm like, Quincy's really busy, and it's very city, and I want a little more bourbon-y kind of so mm. we were looking in Weymouth because I knew Weymouth and I just I was afraid to go elsewhere and so one day like the the MLS listing pops up for a house in situate and I'm like there's no way we can afford this house and I don't even know where it is um, but I said I'm gonna go find it so I had this just a pin on a map and my husband goes you're never gonna find it uh, so I call him up later on and I go I found it <laughs> and, uh, and it's super cute and it has a great yard and the neighbors are all waving to me so we belong there mm. and then he worked f- he works for Verizon and he worked out of the Dedham garage and they um worked only in that area and right. the next day he calls me and he says you're never going to believe where they're sending me to work they're sending me to situate and i said oh go find the house so he found the house and he's like yeah this house is perfect so then there's my next move so i'm like oh this will make me happy i have this perfect house we're down the street from the beach and it's mm. a great neighborhood to raise my children so i move into this house and i immediately feel entirely insecure like i don't belong here yeah less than yeah like, yeah i'm I'm from Weymouth. I don't. I, don't, sh- I shouldn't live here. If you shouldn't if, be in this house, if you're not comfortable in your own skin, how are you going to be comfortable? I'm drinking. Anywhere? Why should I? Yeah. I'm, I, right. should, no, I can't live here. I I said this um, at my women's meeting um, two week last Saturday. Saturday before, I'm like every everywhere I went, there I was. Yeah, that yeah, explains right. it. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. here I brought I me that. along with me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I thought Brockton was my problem, and I moved all the way to California. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. There I am I, again. I, I say it when I speak. Sometimes you, 
you take an asshole and you put it in a box in Brockton and ship it to California and open it up, it's still an asshole. <laughs> yep, that's hey, true. Kid. Yeah, can't yeah. change it. Nope. Um, but you were an asshole, Chris. You were just sick. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that yeah. a lovely woman in the program said, "You're not a bad person trying to get good. You're a sick person trying to get well." Yes, and I love yeah. that, and I love her. So, um, yeah, so we moved to Situate, and we're in this great little neighborhood. And here I am in this house, and I close all the curtains. We have this giant picture window, and we're on the corner, so everybody stops at the stop sign, and they're looking <laughs> in, and I'm like, "Nope." And I close the curtains, and I'm like. My husband says, you can't, you can't be like, so I'm like, all right, all right. I just got to push myself through this fear. So I become a den mom for the Cub Scouts. And I'm like, I got this. I don't got this. I'm so afraid. I'm like drinking before <laughs> I go to a little kid's den meeting to yeah. set up. I'm like, got a cup full of iced coffee and vodka. I'm like, that's not normal. Yeah, because yeah. every alcoholic knows that vodka doesn't smell. <laughs> right little kids don't yeah, know right, they don't, yeah. don't don't get too close to the moms mm. so um yeah and i'm trying to like involve myself in school but i just feel like i'm i'm lying i'm just lying i'm not this person i'm projecting myself to be mm. even though inside i'm like i want to be i want to be this person that i know is in there but i don't know who it is so so mm. finally my son my um my oldest son, who was like 14 at the time, he starts dating this girl. And so they're going together and, and um, they're talking like quietly off to the side. And I'm like, and then the mom calls me and she says, um, so the kids were talking and I went, oh, and she said, um, how would you like to um, come to a meeting with me? And I went, oh, Oh, uh oh. <laughs> and she said, and it was the funniest thing she said to me. So oh, that's beautiful. She knew someone I worked with, and she said, Do you know how this person and I know each other? And I went, No. And she's like, She's my sponsor. And I went, Oh, this, maybe, maybe this is something I need to look into. So I, I gave her the brush off for a little bit, and my husband was like, just go with her. Like, how is it no, going to hurt you? At, at any go. point, we were like, this is a fucking setup. How the hell did I, I get it? I literally was like, what did they do? <laughs> and, you know, I'm giving my son the side. I'm like, oh, this you is did bull- it. This is bullshit. You she doesn't it. know her. <laughs> so yeah, so I like I'm like maybe I just need I just need to change my medication or well your antidepressants don't work while you're drinking. So, yes, yeah, you're, yeah. Taking so an, you're taking an antidepressant while drinking yeah. a depressant. Yeah, so right. so yeah. that 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 kinda was like, yeah no I kind of no. <clears throat> so um, so I went with her to a meeting. I kind of begrudgingly, but I'm like I'm just gonna do it so I can shut everybody up and say I mm. don't belong there. I get into this meeting. It's a Friday night back to basics. And I hear a woman get up and she's talking about that feeling inside, that disconnect, that loneliness, even though you're in a sea of people, you feel Mm -hmm. all alone. And I was like, I left that night with a big book in my hand and I told (laughs) my son's um, girlfriend's mom, I'm like, oh, I'm an alcoholic. And she (laughs) went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she can't tell you you are. But, but then yeah. I got home and I was, the next day I was like, oh, sugar, what did I do? Because yep. I knew, you now know, the, once the I. The gig is up. Yep. You know, I'm in and trouble. I, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so um, I was like sort of scared. I wanted to back up, but I knew I couldn't. So I went to a few other meetings and. um. I was sort of there, like I have like one foot in, but one foot out. So I could yeah. like, you know, you sit close to the door so yeah. you can just get yep. out. But I was <laughs> hearing things that I knew I needed to hear. I just, but I looked at these people and I was like, I, I, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know. Like they seem to have something in them that I don't have. They have this courage, this strength, this something that I don't know that I'll ever, I'll ever get. And, um, uh, so I would go through periods where I would not drink for a little 
little bit, like a couple of days, and then I'd be like, oh, but I got to clean the house, so I need to drink. Mm. Or, I, uh, you know, I need to yeah. be intimate with my husband. I have to drink. And I'm like, this is so sad yeah, that I yeah. have to live this way, you know? Because you were not used to living any other way. I didn't know. I literally did not know any other way to live. Yeah, I didn't. It's your coping mechanism. You know, like, it becomes like, the, like your normal. Out pulling off a band-aid you know you're like ah it hurts and it hurt and i knew you know i knew i was gonna have to like when you look at the steps i knew i was gonna have to look at all the trauma and stuff because i knew that it wasn't just gonna be about not drinking because i had gone through periods where i I had had abstinence Mm -hmm. and i was miserable i was just miserable i'm like this is no way to live either but um you know i certainly couldn't keep on the way I was going on and then I you know I just kept drinking and then Thanksgiving um I was plastered and my husband literally kicked me out of the car at an AA meeting he was like get out (laughs) and he gave me the boot out of the car and he said to my friend he's like keep an eye on her he's like I don't even know where she got the booze I don't even know where it's hidden at this point I'm like Uh. some crafty so was it was it like an alcathon you ended up at on Thanksgiving? No, it was just a meeting. It was a seaside meeting that they had in the morning, and okay. I was like, uh, and then um, afterwards he's like, "All right, so we're gonna send you to a detox, but you got a call." And I was like, "I got a call. Um, why am I gonna <laughs> call to put myself so so?" I I went to detox, which is actually a really good thing because mm. yeah. I I would have died had I tried to detox on my own. Right. I just I they put me on a lot of medication so i could stop this yeah so a lot of people don't know that you very well could die if you've been drinking every day for long enough and your body becomes accustomed to Mm -hmm. that which is physically addicted to alcohol you could die when you try to stop yes it's so medical detox is definitely recommended yes it's it's worth going to the hospital because you might never never survive might not survive it Mm-hmm. Along with benzo, diazepam, drugs. Yeah, that, those are the only things that you can l- really die from. Like yeah. you're gonna feel like you die when you detoxing off heroin, but right or you know, methadone. as long as you don't dehydrate, you'll be okay. But methadone, suboxone, anything like that. Yeah, you know, it's it's a physical thing. But you know, if you drink and eat food still, you, you're not gonna die. But alcohol, you can have grand mal seizures. And, 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 right. You know, benzos, same thing. Bite your tongue off. Yeah. Swallow your tongue and suffocate. Good stuff. But we're not doctors, so. <laughs> no, we're not doctors. But we, we know that from, I know that because I went to 50 detoxes or yeah. some stupid number like that. You so, know what I mean? It's so where did you end up? Um, Belmont. I was up in Belmont. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the weirdest thing. Like, it feels like out of body now. And probably a lot of it was because I was very heavily medicated. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because I, I was so alcohol dependent. Like, mm. it had gotten so bad. And I just, I think it, I think, I know it was all fear. Like, looking back, it was fear, fear, fear. And the, the more fear I had, the more I tried to drink it away. And then it was the guilt right. and the shame over drinking that way. I'm like, because I knew better. That seed had been planted. And I knew that if I could just get it, I could. I could stop, but I needed I needed that detox, and yeah. I got out and um, started therapy. And therapy was hard, and um, so I went through a, a period again of sobriety, and then I couldn't. I just couldn't handle all the emotions. I just couldn't. I was right. like, I don't know how to do this, so right. I drank again for probably another. Um, up until that was November, I drank up until there was a day in August. Oh, August 9th. This is when it was a day in August. And I, <laughs> I went, it was the day before my sobriety date. And I went right. to a fair with my kids and I had my daughter who was four at the time. And she's like, mom, I want to go on this ride. And I want to do, and I was so miserable. I was so miserable. And I, um, I looked down at her and I thought, what kind of mom are you? Mm. She doesn't deserve this. And mm. I don't have to live this way. I don't. And I went to a meeting the next day, a seaside meeting, and it was as Bill sees it meeting. 
And sometimes love that those one. are. I love, love it, one. but sometimes they're so weird. This one <laughs> could not have been more perfect. I. It's funny. I used to sit. They used you to make two circles, and they there was an inner circle and there was an outer circle. So yes. usually I'd sit on the outer circle by the door. Because there's so many people, you're yes. probably not going to have to talk. Yeah. So right. this time I sat on the inside, and the reading was um, basically. It literally said, I have returned convinced. And I was uh, like, this is it. This is, this is my sign. So I, um, I said to the women who brought me in, I said, all right, what do I do? And they're like, you do 90 meetings in 90 days. You haven't set a date. So pick, pick today as your sobriety date. I'm like, how about I pick tomorrow? And they're like, all right, just pick a day. So tomorrow's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do your 90 meetings in your 90 days. So that really, that was me two feet in two feet in at that point and i'm like all right challenge on so i went to um at least at least one meeting mostly two some days three and this was still while i was working and while i had a little kid that i had to drag around with me but i did it i did right. it when i was i right. went when i was sick and the good thing the thing that this taught me was that i can't prejudge things because i went to meetings that i wouldn't ordinarily go to and I found so many tools that I never would have had. I met people that mm. changed my life yeah, immensely. Yeah. That's I learned why they tell you to do that. It's crazy. It was so good. <laughs> I went to a meditation meeting and I was like, this is bananas. These people are all whacked. <laughs> like you had a, I couldn't sit still. I was like, I'm like, have my eyes closed? And then I open up my eyes to see if I'm doing it right. I'm like, am I, I supposed know, to be know, closed? Right. What's happened? Is everyone else closed? Yeah, I could imagine. Are they actually meditating? Are they watching me? Yes. I could imagine that. I thought they were. <laughs> I, I was like. I could <sighs> imagine that uh, that it would, it would be hard meditation meeting in new sobriety. I mean, oh. maybe some people do it. I just, I didn't do it because I don't even know if they were around then. But yeah. um, that moment at the, when you looked at your daughter at the fair. Yeah. That's the moment of clarity right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's your, your truth moment, you know? Yeah. And still to this day, it's like, oh. But that's good. That's the good stuff. You, yeah, I know. You know, like. You'll never forget that. Yes. No, never. And and as long as you don't forget that, Hopefully. God willing, yeah. everything will stay. And, stay and there's been the so right many path. other moments even after that. that oh, I'm yeah. Like, so, oh, so. Incredible. I've discussed this before. So you had your spiritual awakening. Yeah. At that moment. And I've had them. But, like it talks about in the book, that feeling fades. So we have to constantly keep doing things to feed our spirit and yep. still and keep having those spiritual awakenings. Yep. You know, because that'll carry you as long as it carries you. You know, but you can't, you can't build your entire foundation on that one no. moment. But you can start your foundation, yep. you know, and, and keep working at it. Yeah. You know, it's... Well, and it's that more will be revealed. Yes, like you yes. you don't see it unless you keep keep going at it, mm -hmm. and and it's amazing to me the things that have been revealed to me, and I'm like, pfft, I couldn't even. I, there's so many instances that are just crazy God shots. I'm like, and right. I didn't I didn't believe in God. Like I was like. So basically, came here the atheist. Oh, I was like, I was like, if there's a god, he or hates agnostic. me. Hates me because mm. I, literally, my we went to church like maybe once or twice in our childhoods, and it was literally so my dad could show off like a new car or, you know, this piece of jewelry he bought my mom, and wow. then he would talk about what hypocrites the people at church were and call them Bible thumpers and, right. and just was he yeah. was just filled with anger. He's just. Right a product of that environment that he grew up in and so that's yeah. what i thought you know hypocrites hypocrites so do you I, think you've done work towards uh forgiving your father i have yeah. i have i have more to do which has right. been the more will be revealed this whole um pandemic and the heaviness of that and um all of the tension in the world right now mm. i started to feel really small and helpless oh, and yeah. i felt mm. that like i i withdrew inward and i was like oh. and i started to question myself like what am i what am i here for what am i doing where where is where is all this this coming from because i thought you know i had forgiven him i understood why you know why he was who he was that he was just broken and i actually had some you know pity for him but there's still stuff in there that's... Oh, that's yeah. I understand completely. And, I can and, totally relate. You know, 
the more you're here, the longer you're you're sober, that stuff's gonna come up. Yeah. You know? And there's there's probably some really, really deep, deep, deep stuff that yeah. you has not been revealed to you yet. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And something will happen and and you know, we have a, a mutual friend that, you know, this is his job is like trauma work. Yeah. Yeah. And and in recovery for a very, very long time and still didn't feel right. Yeah. You know, there was something right. and now this is it now that's his it's it's his work. Yeah. It's his calling, you know, yeah. It, it's his calling. He I I I see it all the time. I don't remember who said it, but they say this two important dates two important times in a person's life the day they're born and the day they find out why mm. yeah, you know, yeah like yeah. <laughs> that's search it'll it'll be revealed to us someday yeah. you know yeah. and and we'll know it you'll feel it yeah. what was that stuff you did that, uh, with that therapist there that oh, has EMDR a, yeah that's a that that helped so i i was you know we went through a treatment center and we were suggested to go to counseling and all that stuff. And I took all the suggestions that I could, yeah. you know, and I'm grateful for that because, you know, there was stuff that I wasn't going to fucking tell my sponsor. I'm sorry. I don't care who, how long I've known you, like how good of friends we are, you know. So I had a counselor right. and what, what, what kept me okay and got me enough courage to talk about certain things was if I ever hear any of the stuff that I tell her, I'm going to sue her fucking ass. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and but that was enough to to get me to to yeah. start working. So I ended up. She was leaving the place, and she set me up with another um, therapist, and he had never really worked with an alcoholic. So I gave him a copy of the Big Book, and he's reading it, and he's like, "Wow, this stuff's great." He goes, "But this whole fourth and fifth step thing, like, you know, if you think of something on there." Do you still have a feeling attached to it? And I'm like, well, yeah. He goes, well, then you really haven't processed it. Yeah. Because you can have a memory and not have it trigger a response. So he said, would you be open to doing some stuff that I've learned? And I'm like, sure. So we did uh, EMDR. I think it's eye movement, reprogramming, and desensitization. So what you do is you have these paddles that vibrate in your hands. Um, you turn your eyes, you, you move your eyes like at random patterns and he'll tell you or, and, and the machine like does all this stuff yeah. on its own. And basically what it's, what it's doing is like taking this mouse in your brain and, and going to restart. Refresh. You know, ref, yeah, yeah, refresh. <laughs> refreshing your computer because... Restart would be nice. He was like, (laughs) physical body would be nice. And and he would ask me, okay, now think of that incident again. Yeah. How do you feel? Think of that incident again. How do you feel? And and it would be like left, left, right, right, left, right, left, you know? Yeah. Randomization. Isn't that interesting, though? Yes. Right? It's pretty fascinating. It's like the, um, the, all the brain science behind like meditation yes you know in trauma trauma and like ptsd and all of that mm-hmm. re, re, and alcohol and drug abuse re, yeah. re, neurotransmitters and all this shit gets messed up yep. that we don't really know and, and you can you can you can repair yes that. yes yeah. neuroplasticity yep. right and, and, and it, how how different the brain the brain can like rewire itself like yeah. okay it doesn't really work here so let's try and go around this way yeah you know it'll reroute things yeah. and i had another counselor later on and he like broke down the whole brain thing for yeah. me like this is why we do this and he was in recovery a long time. And the shit that this guy went through and stayed sober, like, I was like, damn. You I know? think that's the amazing thing when you when you meet people and you get to hear their stories and you're right. like, I have seen so many. I, um, I love, as a woman, I love women's groups and I mm-hmm. love, you know, being able to relate with other mothers and, and um, daughters, sisters, the whole thing. But watching women go through I've watched several women go through losing children and I'm like how do you even exist after and I watch them go through it Mm. in this program leaning in with dignity and grace and Mm -hmm. and even though they fall apart there's other women around just loving them. Yes. And and I I like seeing that as well because you don't always see that. No. You know like when you see that you know that the the people that are participating in that have done work on Mm -hmm. themselves. 
I've I've been in regular open AA and heard it I don't I don't know what it is with guys and women it can be different um guys will hear someone say hey I'm new and boom, a bunch five six guys go over there and talk to them a woman says it she doesn't always get the help you know and there was times in my early recovery where it was like okay I heard that I heard that girl I felt how she felt yeah she needs help but I was always taught men with the men women with the women so it's like alright I'm gonna go up to her and I'm gonna say hey go over there yeah. and talk to that woman right there yeah. you know like, yeah. cause you need you can do this and you need to talk to that person yeah. or say hey listen didn't you just hear her yeah go, go talk, talk to her, her. that's I, better I, yeah, I, think I like that my sponsor has always tried and she's on me because I'm very inconsistent now with my mm. meetings I have a Saturday yeah. women's yeah. meeting that I will not miss um, but I haven't been especially lately with all this extra stuff going on and I'm like making excuses and she's mm. like you know this isn't just about you this is about being present so that yes. when other people see you and hear you, they can connect with you. Yes, because that's, they that's need your that. service. Yeah, we don't realize that. That's you, you doing can't keep service. it if you don't give it away. Yeah, and I yeah. and that's why I've been trying to like get back in. You know, and I've been showing up and talking and walking through the uncomfortability mm-hmm. because it's important to show other people that this works right. and, and that they can right. reach out to they, you and that someone may never hear their story until you tell yours. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, right. and we, you know, you don't think of it this way, but not sharing your experience can be extremely selfish. Mm-hmm. Someone yeah. needs to hear it. Yeah. Yep. Someone needs that's to hear right. it. Someone's got to identify with what you say. Absolutely. Yeah. That's you that know? whole, yep. you know, self-absorbed. That's how, yeah. you know, the, I went through yeah. all of this and it's me, me, me. And then you're like, yeah. this or, isn't about what do you. I have to, <laughs> what, am I, what do I have to give? I'm not going to help anybody, yeah. you know. Bullshit. That's all not self. true. Yeah. It's all self. Yeah. Self-absorbed. It's, it's crazy. But self-destruction. That's what we do. Yeah. Yes. Fear. But you know, and and you know, you were you were at the meeting Tuesday. Um, so like good. I don't like AA and the twelve steps is going to get me to this point, but I need to keep growing and keep. Yeah. And reaching out to other aspects. I found a church family and a Bible study and other women's groups. There's there's no monopoly on on recovery in any fellowship. Well, I think, you know, what's the 12 steps? It seems like, you know, you get get all your stuff in front of you and then you start to take, like, responsibility. Mm -hmm. So you can be ready to sort out all the people who are pissed at you. Get that out yep. of the way, yep. and now you can be free to be like, all right, I don't have to run away from life anymore yeah. because no one's trying to, you know, mm-hmm. literally or figuratively trying to kill me. Right. You know, but that doesn't heal your inner child. You right. know what I mean? Right. Necessarily. But, the, it, but might, it gets, but you, it gets, gets you, you to a point where you can deal with this stuff. That's right. You yeah. know, it's, it's kind of like you're, 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 you're able to take a breath. You're like, all right. And it's... And it's, it's not that for nothing. It's got the best success rate. That's absolutely that's out there. But it's nice to be able to um, reach out to yeah. other aspects of absolutely. recovery. I found um, through the, the you go into a meeting. I, I heard it from a, for a long time. Like if you have money problems, go see a finances financial person. You got marital problems, go see a marriage counselor. We're going to tell you how not to drink. Yeah, that's right. Or you use know? drugs, which yeah. is everybody just about everybody so, these days. So they even know, like. If you have problems in other areas of your life, you go and see a professional that deals with those things. Yeah. You know I, what I think is really well, nice is centers like here yeah, and yeah. social peer recovery, which I'm a little more familiar, a lot more familiar with. Um, I learned a lot of really interesting things through um, their programs, like the yes. Faith Finders. Absolutely, and I learned I learned my love for Reiki. Through a meditation. Oh yes, because you're a Reiki practitioner. I'm a Reiki as well. practitioner. Raking? I, love I always hated raking. I- <laughs> <laughs> raking. Listen. Give me a leaf blower. <laughs> Reiki is much like raking. It's it just sorts everything out. And, and I've <laughs> been in situations in my life where I needed relief. Yeah. Or I just needed to let go of something, and I was over at Open Doors and. Yeah. You know, it it helped. 
Yeah. It helped me. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing yeah. the things that open up to you when you open up. Yes. Yes. You, that's right. When and you surrender and you finally surrender, you just say, all right, God, show me. And like, like Wim Hof. He's like, get high on your own supply. You have these things that you want to feel in that's, your body. You need to release this stuff. That's the thing that people, like, I think I so misunderstood that I had, like, literally, you have this ability to heal within you. Yes. This yep. is all we have you. everything that we need. The all of the stuff that creates the universe, that creates the stars and the everything is within us and the healing power is within us. Yep. And we just have to learn to trust that and to tap into that and to know that it's always there, you know, exactly. this beauty what this works beautiful for you. place of Is it movement? Is yeah. it sitting? Is yep. you know this you gotta find what works for you. Yeah. Yes. I definitely think though meditation has been this yes. like godsend to me, literally. Absolutely. Because my struggle with God was I was like, all right, well I don't I don't get it. You guys all believe in this, but I I don't get it. And they're like, mm. well, do you believe that we believe? And I went, well, yeah, I can see that you believe. All right. And they're like, Start well, all right, there. take it. Yeah. And then there was one girl, and she's like, you know, my my God is a dog. That's that's God backwards. It's a dog. She's like, and then, you know, group expound. of drunks. That's yeah. Expound gift upon that. Gift of desperation. Gift yeah. of desperation. So, you know, just being open to that mm-hmm. allowed me to baby steps. Find this. So they stay. Yeah. Space. They, they say <laughs> higher power. Okay. What's a higher power? I don't know. Go out to the beach and try and stop a wave from coming in. That's a power greater than yeah. yourself. You know, uh, what creates that? Yeah. Believe in that. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell you, that's when that's when the, all the cravings and all of that like craziness started to slow down. When I realized, I'm like, and my husband still laughs. He's like, "How do you know there's something else? How do you know there's a god or the universe or divine, however you want to define it? There is something I know because I couldn't stop myself. Exactly, I could not stop myself. I tried. He's like, "You're strong." My mom says, "You're strong," and I'm like. I am strong, but I couldn't stop it. And they couldn't, I couldn't stop you. No one. No they couldn't one. stop you. Nope. No. Nope. Not even the love of my children could exactly. stop me. That's and what bigger love is there than that? And it wasn't until I surrendered and I got down on my knees and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, just whatever <laughs> you are, just please help me. Mm-hmm. And I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And then I was like, you know, there's this, um, we listen to, I I do a meditation practice called contemplative prayer, and we listen to a um, Benedictine monk named John Main, mm-hmm. and he um, has this funny story about how this guy's been coming to meditation. He's like been coming, and he's like, "When am I going to see the results?" And he's coming and coming, and he's like, Ugh. and then he showed up late to meditation one day, and he said, "You're not even going to believe what happened." There was this incident, and there was an accident, and he's like, "These kids ran their bike off the road in front of my car," and he's like. I was so calm, and I said, all right, let's just figure this out. We'll go down to the police. And he's like, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. It was the, there was the meditation at work. So, like, there is, like, and I see that with my higher power now. Like, I instinctively know how to handle things. Just to baffle you. Yes. And I was like, oh, I see what you did there. I I see that. And I, you know, I'm like, and I can, I can teach my daughter that now. She knows how to meditate. Listen, that would be the greatest thing if they implemented meditation in school. Yeah. I think kids need this. They need it. I I seen something on Facebook. It popped up. It's a book that explains what it is to kids with pictures for kids wow that's cool like all mindfulness all yeah. kinds of stuff they have yeah. a lot of that i am peace yeah um is one of those great books yep. and there's i listen a to a, um, i listen to a podcast in the morning on the way to work it's only like anywhere from four to seven minutes long it's called uh is it radio headspace and this dude used to be a monk kind of like uh jay shetty and he just it's just a quick little yeah. thing, and, and driving into work, me and Kristen listen to it. Kinley's in the back seat; she's watching her Barbie videos or whatever on the iPad, and it just like <laughs> centers me for you know to to yeah. start the day. And she's hearing cool. that, yeah. Like even if she's she's hearing that, and they start to model that, and you think that they're not listening? Well, they're always listening. They're always listening. Always listening. And let me tell you and, what uh, your actions. Uh, speak so loud they what, can't hear what yeah. you're saying. I, I put a post up today. <laughs> it said um, it was from uh, Sanguru. It said you can conduct yourself 
in such a manner that you get looked up to and you have to do very little, little parenting. If you conduct yourself yeah. in yes. such a manner that you are looked up to, that's right. You do very little parenting. Well, there's a there's there's a concept that was uh, from by uh, Stephen Covey that was the emotional bank account. So you put in this emotional bank account. You, you have this emotional bank account in your child's name, and you're putting things into it. Mm. You're putting things into it, and then mm. when something's really bad, and you you have to be heard, and you need them to pay attention. They they will, you know, that can be withdrawn. Yeah. The good faith, mm-hmm. the um, the way they look up to you, yep. they'll be like, okay, you know. But if you're always like, because I said so, and you're yeah. selfish, and you're doing things because of your own selfish mm-hmm. ideas or whatever, then they're going to be like, they're going to be like, um, you know, he's just being selfish again. I'm not going to listen to him. Right. I can walk right. out in the street yeah. or they'll, whatever it is. They'll trust you and they'll have faith because of yeah. how you've conducted yourself before. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's hard. To, it's hard to remember that sometimes, yes. you know, yeah. like in regular life. Like we're lucky that we have like all of these tools, mm-hmm. because I, you know I was so busy going through the motions of life before that I can't tell you how many times I said I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And now you know my daughter. <laughs> yeah. My daughter says to me, "Mom, mom, can I tell you something?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." And she just climbs right up, and we sit, and mm-hmm. and she knows that no matter what she has to say, that it's important to me. And it's those That's those huge. spaces in between, you know, yeah. the, the doing. I said it the other day, you know, we're human beings because we need to just yes. be. Be a human not being, not doing. a human doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's so yeah. important. I think I have that on my tagline on Facebook. It's so sure. hard, though, because <laughs> in this in this society we're taught that you have to be multitasking and you have to this anxious striving and and in all of that hustle you know side hustle 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 you forget that you know what there that that's not the place it's no more hustle it's a line a line yeah you don't have to hustle if you align you see these beautiful sacred in the ordinary my friend says the sacred in the ordinary and i think that's so beautiful yeah and you see these things like um one of the first moments that i i had in um early sobriety was my husband and my daughter and i went to the beach and um it was this gray cloudy day and he's like i'm gonna go look for some driftwood there was a had been a big storm mm. and he's gonna find some driftwood so i'm like all right so we went to the beach and it was um just this moment and I was on a, on the swings with my daughter and my husband did the alley-oop you know where they pull you back and they run under oh, yeah, the yeah, swing yeah. and I yep. was like ah oh. <laughs> and I had just this ethereal feeling it was I guess unrecognizable it was joy Yeah, I yeah. had just this joy filled it was just joy and I was like oh well, this you deserved yeah. it. This you deserved that. It was so beautiful, and mm. I it felt like this big gift, this big gift, and, this and gray day on a swing. Yep, like, and, and <laughs> you know it's, that's an, it makes me think of another thing in the book where people just can't understand it sometimes when it says we'll be rocketed into a fourth dimension of mm. existence. That's right. It's a fourth dimension because we haven't lived it yet. Nope. Yeah, and and you know, wow, I've never felt this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what they're talking about when they say that. People, yeah, they're not Fourth saying. dimension. What do you mean fourth <laughs> dimension? No, you've never lived this way, so it's a, it's a new dimension to you. Yeah. You've, never found, you've never found absolute bliss and joy in a simple thing like being on a swing yeah, abs- when yes. you're an adult. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. know? Just and all the alcohol you ever consumed never got never, you that feeling. And either. never will. Never, yeah, ever. Never nope. will. Yeah. Nope. Just there's there's no pill or needle or bottle or anything that can give you that feeling. That's a great place yes. to wrap it right there. Yeah, it is. It's about an hour. Yes, because we have to uh, clean up and still get out of here. So, yeah. thank you very much, Tina. Oh, thank yeah. you. It was Thanks, awesome. Tina. You see how quick that Wasn't goes? Wasn't that bad, right? No, it was totally <laughs> awesome. Yes. Hey, uh, let's give a shout out. This is the first time I remember to bring this painting. Oh, yes. Who's from, that? From um, Susan Lodi at 24-Hour Power. I forget the kid who did oh, it. Oh, we forget the kid's name. Yes, but also... We love it, though. They just lost one of their artists um and i i pers- i knew him personally he was a great dude um keith mize he um he you know passed away last week and he did so much for sue um he was oh, just an awesome bad. graffiti artist and you know it's 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 crazy you just make one bad decision and you can't come back from it you know 
Uh, yeah. So, for, you know, always thinking of uh, the left, the people left, the people that, you know, haven't left, you know, haven't made it through this. And, uh, you know, it just makes me even more grateful, you yeah. know, that. Yeah. A day at a time. I yeah. can keep doing. Hold this, on to this. Thing. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. But anyway. Awesome. Thank you, Tina. Thank, Thank you, you great guys. This LOL awesome. terms. Yes. LOL terms. Dot com. Like, subscribe and share. And, you know. Once again, if anyone would like to share their experience, strength, and hope with us, yeah, please let hit us up. Please, please. Let us know. And you don't need to be guests. afraid because it was totally cool. <laughs> right? right? I just <laughs> fixed the uh, the email thing, I believe, on the site. So oh, okay. I yeah, I kept those, getting. I kept I getting get a notification. Awesome. I get those emails. Now. All right. Okay. So thank you, everybody, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Stay sitting in a heat